Welcome to Womanhood After Motherhood, Season 2, Episode 3, with Radine Reese. Hey there, today we have a really fun episode. I'll be speaking with style coach Radine Reese. She is going to give us her story of how she got to where she is today in her career. And then we're going to switch gears and she's going to start to give us some style tips. She's got some really great insights on how to put an outfit together and how to find a style that works for you. Radine is a certified style coach offering a holistic approach to personal styling from the inside out. She helps people build an image in a closet in line with their personality, lifestyle, and their authentic selves. She is originally from Cork, Ireland, now living in Toronto, Canada. She spent 20 years in brand marketing and communications, where she had the opportunity to work with some of the world-renowned brands such as Waterford Crystal, Fisher-Price, and Barbie. Becoming a mother of three in her early 40s prompted her to reflect on her career fulfillment and life purpose. She made the considered decision to switch gears and create a business that would fuel her passion, harness her skill set, and nurture her soul. Please welcome Raydeen Reese. Raydeen, welcome to Womanhood After Motherhood. Thank you, Reva. It's such a pleasure to be here to chat with you today. Let's start with a little bit of your story. You left Ireland and moved to Canada and was at Mattel, which is a huge brand as the head of marketing. And you spent a good part of your 20s and 30s as a really successful woman focused on her career. And then you met your husband. And I think by your early 40s, you had like three kids under the age of four. <laughs> Can yes. you, how did motherhood and your career coexist in those first few years? I mean, I think, I know, as you said, rightly, I, I spent... Uh, most of my 30s uh, really focused and driven on my career and, um, you know, took on responsibility um, more and more all of the time. You know, I think for me, um, you know, they coexisted because they needed to coexist. Um, And I think the biggest change for me in having my young family and having the career as well was um, just the uh, pull on my sense of independence. So I had spent, you know, the better part of my career just being my own woman, um, making my decisions, deciding where I wanted to go, who I wanted to spend my time with. And uh, suddenly in the blink of an eye, it seemed like I, I had this young family in a very short period of time. And suddenly my time wasn't my own anymore. Um, and I, you know, made the concerted effort to have it all coexist for those first uh, number of years. And it really wasn't until I was on my third maternity leave that I decided that it was time to, you know, take the foot off the pedal a little bit, um, take some time out and um, be fully present for my family, but also for me, uh, because I felt there was this push-pull between career and family. And um, I felt like I needed to give myself the time to experience a new side of myself. And, and then that led to me exploring a new side of myself, which is kind of how I ended up where I am today. Yeah. So you have said in the past that your sparkle started to dissipate for your job. And my question is, why was it important to you to not just ride the wave and grin and bear it, as many women do, trying to balance work and family, but instead make an active choice? Yeah, I mean, my career, when I think about it, was very rewarding to me in so many ways. Um, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, but I reached the point where I felt like I had the energy and the ambition to 
just apply my creativity in a different way. Um, and I, I ask myself the question, you know, is this, is this the best life can be? Is this um, sort of where you want to be for the next 10 to 15 years of your career, like doing the juggling act? Yeah. Um, and I decided that, you know, I, I, I think, you know, my professional career definitely gave me the confidence to try something new. Mm-hmm. Um, and as my husband said, I mean, I, I had such conviction in knowing that I I could make the leap of faith and I could take a chance on myself. Mm. Um, and I think that comes from all of my previous successes and uh, my, my solid experience and my belief in myself. Mm. So you took a three-year transition phase. Mm-hmm. That must have yeah, been a I like hu- to call it my transition phase. Yeah, that must have yeah. been a huge change. And, and what did that look like? Um, you know, for me, the, the first part of that, obviously, I had three kids under the age of four. So I was pretty busy um, being at home, looking after them um, and enjoying this new side of myself. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as much as I enjoyed it, I also felt like there was a gap um, in me. Um, I feel like through my 30s, my profession was a huge part of my identity. And when that was gone, I did feel a sense of loss at some point. And, um, you know, that then sort of drove me to exploring what I could replace that with. And, uh, you know, that was, you know, a fun journey in its own right. And, you know, it, it landed me in a place where I feel totally empowered, totally energized and excited to get up every day and do what I do now because I just love it. Well, that reminds me of this, what I wanted to talk to you about, because I feel like when we are so focused on our careers and then we hit a pause, as I did as well, there's this sense of identity that's gone when people ask, like, what are you up to? Or what do you do? And one time I have to tell you, I found myself out with this guy I'd done a bunch of creative, creative projects with and my daughter was... I think she was less than a year old and we're having dinner and he asked me, you know, what, what have you been up to? And he's expecting a list of creative things, all the things I was working uh-huh. on. And But the only thing I could think of uh, to talk about was these squirrels in my backyard and how fascinated <laughs> I was and how fat they were getting before winter hibernation. And when I got home reflecting on the conversation, I was so embarrassed because really I didn't have anything else to say, right? I was just, I was doing my day-to-day work, my voiceover work. I had a little creative writing here and there when I could like squeeze it in. But otherwise I was cleaning baby bottles. I was changing diapers. I was reading parenting books. My life felt so mundane. And when your identity is so wrapped up with what you do, how Uh do you answer the question, what do you do? How did you deal with that? So I feel, um, you know, I being being a woman in her early 40s, I think um, first thing people would say was like, "Ooh, your kids are young, you know, um, and read into that what you may. But, you know, I think a lot of women these days are having their families um, yeah. after the career. Right. Yeah. So it's becoming more and more the norm. Absolutely. Um, but that would always be the first the first thing. Ooh, your kids are young. Um, and then, you know, for me, it, uh, I mean, I have, I had a lot of interests anyway, and um, outlets to sort of fuel my day to day, I never necessarily felt bored, or like I wasn't contributing. Um, so I would, I would talk about all those things that I, you know, filled my days with. Um, but, you know, I also talked about the fact that, you know, since I had turned 40, um, 
I really felt the need to reinvent myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started to um, explore different ways to do that. And one of the things that I did was a career transition program that um, showcased to me um, how I might re-enter the workforce after an extended time off, um, as well as explore entrepreneurial opportunities. Um, and that sort of really opened my mind to taking a look at my passions and my strengths and my skill set and trying to figure out what came next and how I could harness all the richness of my past and all of my solid experience and build something around stuff that I love yeah um, that could truly make me feel like I was living out of my life purpose right what is the passion test yeah so for me the passion test um, really was taking a step back and looking at all of the things I was spending my time doing and trying to figure out um, what it was that really lights me up, what gives me joy, uh, what makes me happy, what lights that spark in me. And for me, it revolved around things like style and fashion and watching fashion segments on television and following influencers and bloggers. Um, so there definitely was uh, an idea start beginning to form there for a little while. Um, and then when I sort of said, okay, but how, you know, all this self-doubt creeps in, right? How do I, how do I position myself? Um, who's going to ever, um, you know, take my credentials seriously? I don't have a formal fashion background. Um, then I, you know, literally stumbled across this whole notion of style coaching and style coaching really, let me explain it is a unique combination of personal styling and life coaching. Um, that focuses on the whole person. So yes, you deal with the image in the mirror or the external appearance, but you're also dealing with the inner image um, and the uh, perception you have of yourself in your mind's eye. And the idea is that your outer and your inner and your inner image um, align with each other so that you can be at your most authentic and confident self. And for me, there was real meat in that. That was um, sort of the idea that could give real juice and substance to my fashion idea. Um, and so I really began to explore that a little further. I reached out to the Style Coaching Institute. I reached out to some other style coaches and got a full understanding of what their today, day-to-day looked like. Um, how does somebody start off? What are the first few years like? Um, and, you know, I decided then, I made the considered decision to, uh, to go for it and to, to do the study. And, um, you know, that was great. Um, what we weren't planning on is having three kids home full time, being homeschooled <laughs> right. while I was doing all of this. <laughs> right. So that provided a challenge in itself. But I think, you know, we got through it. And I think well, it goes to show that, you know, when you really want something and you put your mind to it, you can, you can do it and you can get it done. Yeah. So uh, there's a few things in there I'd love to dig into. The first was, um, I know you did this back to work uh, uh, program Mm -hmm. and I didn't even know these things existed like for women getting back into the workforce. So I think that's a really uh, it's a really good thing to sort of be aware of for women if they want to relook at their careers. Um, And the, the other thing I would love to to talk about is, you know, you've found something that it felt meaningful and satisfying to you and you have all of these steps to get there but you're balancing three young kids a house and a marriage at home how Mm -hmm. how did that go with the with the flow of the kids and the husband and how did that work uh you know it certainly uh we made it work because we had to make it work um and you know 
you know, for all the planning you can do, uh, things necessarily don't necessarily go to plan. Um, so we did it on a day to day basis. Some weeks I was more productive than I was on other weeks. Um, some days I spent more time, uh, you know, helping the kids with their online schooling than I did with my own schooling. Um, some days I worked into the wee hours of the early mornings um, to get things done. Um, I'm a very focused and driven person, and I always have been. Um, so I, you know, I, I still approached it on a week by week basis. I had an intention for the week. I had a purpose for the week, and mm. and I wanted to, you know, check the done box at the end of the week. So I sort of, I guess, I broke the bigger piece into smaller bite sized pieces, and we took it as it came. And my husband was extremely supportive from the start. Um, and, and it's funny, the kids would, you know, at the end of the school day, one of the things we do as a family, as we sit around the dinner table, we talk about our days and, you know, what did you learn today? What did you learn? And, and so mommy started getting the usual question every day of mommy, what did you learn in style coaching today? Can you do it on me? What does that mean? And so they're very interested in it. And, you know, I will talk about it in a way that's relatable for them. Um, and, and that was fun just to, you know, uh, sort of put myself in a position that they were in where they were doing online learning as was I, and, yeah. and then be able to talk about, about it with them at the end of the day, um, feeling like, you know, I was equal to them. Yeah. Um, you know, that was, that was fun for them. Yeah. Um, well, they, they know the questions to ask because they know the questions that yeah. you ask them. And so now, yeah, that, that's fun. Yeah. So you essentially help people build an image and a closet in line with their personality and their lifestyle and their authentic selves. So what yeah. is your first step when you meet with a client? Um, I think one of the first steps is really like getting to understand um, how the client sees themselves. Um, what are the challenges that they're experiencing on a day-to-day -day basis with their closet? Um, where, where do they want to go in life? You know, um, where are they on that journey and what barriers are in the way or what's preventing them from actually getting to where they need to be? Um, and we sort of tackle it first through uh, appearance. Um, once a client begins to, to notice the enhancement in their appearance in the mirror, they begin to think like, oh, okay, it can work. I can be, you know, a better person. I can feel more confident. I can feel more fulfilled. Um, and that sort of uh, ekes its way into other areas of their life. Um, so it's, it's almost like, you know, the image in the mirror has a ripple effect on right. um, yeah. their uh, self-esteem and their self-confidence and their own sense of self-worth so that they can uh. take on challenges outside of their comfort zone they can reach for their goals um, so goal setting and mapping out the journey to get there is a really important piece of what i do i feel like you always know when a girl knows that she's looking good when she is like in an outfit that she knows is hot mm -hmm. you can see her a mile away walking down that street because <laughs> yeah. she is like walking with confidence yeah. she's got that little bit of swagger yeah, yeah. it is palpable yeah. shoulders so, back head held high yeah, yeah. Owning it. So what do you think about the mom school drop-off look? I mean, this messy bun, workout clothes. Are we cool? Do we do we really like that look? Should we put on a pair of jeans? What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I think we all we all do it our way, right? So it's whatever feels comfortable to you and whatever allows you to move with ease throughout your day. But, um, you know, there are some really simple styling tips that you could uh, decide to live by. Um, one of my favorites is the power of three. 
And you know how it is. You wake up in the morning. It's so easy to jump out of bed and to reach into your closet and just pull out a pair of pants and a top and off you go. Put your hair in a messy bun if you want, or maybe just wear a beanie. Um, but the power of three is basically uh, the addition of a third piece, uh, which is instantly going to transform two items into an outfit. So it will look like you actually tried. It instantly just gives you a little bit more polish and you look a little bit more pulled together. So it's very simple. It can be the addition of a jacket, a cardigan. It could be a scarf. Uh, when you're wearing a dress, it could be the addition of a, a statement belt or a statement necklace. Um, something that really just pulls your look together. So power of three is a really simple rule of thumb to live by. So you actually, when we first uh, talked, you actually casually just sort of mentioned the power of three, but didn't even go into deal, detail. But it was in the back of my head and I was actually getting ready for dinner with my girlfriends last week. And I was like, ah, the rule of three. <laughs> I put on yeah. a dress. I was like, I need a necklace. I need a necklace with yeah. these boots and this dress. Yeah, so you were in my head. So yeah, I have uh, two questions. So the first, is uh, I'm interested in your take on what are the trends upcoming for winter and then I would love for you to to share some style tips with us. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we're all coming out of uh, 18 months of being at home, living in sweats, living in leggings, being casual, uh, maybe being comfy chic. Um, the for fall winter we're definitely still seeing a lot of oversized bagginess easy to wear uh, silhouettes be it jackets or pants um, and there are ways to dress that up and dress it down which you know is uh, really versatile and can make it very fun um, you know statement sleeves are a thing right because we're all on zoom calls still um, and so looking good from the waist up is something that the design houses have really been focused on statement so sleeves did you say statement sleeves like whether it's puff sleeve, whether oh. it's a balloon sleeve, whether it's embellishments on the sleeve. Um, oh. You know, it's sort of a little throwback to the uh, shoulder pads of the 90s and late 80s, but not quite as you know dramatic in the shoulder pad sense. Um, I love shoulder pads, uh, by the way, though I can't wait for them to fully come back because I they are my jam. Right. <laughs> and then... Um, uh, the third trend would be in footwear. So, you know, we had a lot of lug soles and military boots last year, and that's kind of um, found its way into loafers now. So you're seeing a lot of chunky loafers, some with chain embellishments. And again, it's a, it's a sense of, you know, being comfortable, but still being fashionable. Um, the preppy look is in. So uh, the knitted vest, uh, you know, that you would sort of associate with that college prep look, yeah. um, you know, kind of casually styled with a shirt and jeans and then your chunky loafer uh, is a really cool look for this fall. Oh, I'm in for that. Yeah, I already got the big baggy jacket. I, The baggy stuff, I'm still trying to get used to because I am petite, like I'm short and I'm little. So right. I always try, like I, 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 if I go for my size, everything feels like it's down to my knees. It's yeah. so big. So yeah, I'm trying to get into the baggy thing. I bought two baggy sort of jacket sweaters. I'm, I'm liking yeah. them, but it, they do feel like they're kind of taking me over a bit. Yeah. And I think one of the key considerations for everybody is to choose items that, um, are scaled to your proportions, right? So, you know, for you, you never want to look like you're swimming in something, right? You never want to look like the outfit is wearing you. You want to look like you're wearing the outfit. And that's uh, that's a really good thing to keep in mind as well. So then do you suggest people get uh, like things tailored to them? 
Uh, that's an idea. I mean, it never, it's never wrong to have a, a seamstress on the side. Um, but uh, there are lots of, uh, let's call it rules of dressing or guidelines and tools that I provide my clients with, which teach them about dressing specifically for the body shape, mm. uh, for the horizontal shape, for the vertical shape, for the lateral shape. So ah, we take all sorts of things into uh, consideration in terms of choosing outfits that fit and flatter the client properly. Oh, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that totally makes sense. So I like to close the show with a personal mantra, an affirmation we can say to ourselves in a tough moment to help refocus and remind us of the women we are. Can you please share your mantra with us? So my mantra is get up, dress up and show up. And that is something I've lived by for a number of years. It is all too easy to wake up in the morning, roll out of bed, throw something on, sail through your day haphazardly. And I feel like when you are more focused, when you have more purpose, when you're more well-intentioned for your day or your week, you accomplish so much more. Um, and it does pay off to take some time and put some effort into looking good because the impact it has on your mental state is truly amazing. It affects you. It enhances your mood. It impacts how other people interact with you. You go into the world differently. The universe reacts to you differently. So it is well worth getting up, dressing up, and showing up every day. Get up, dress up, show up. Uh, so where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at uh, stylecoaching.ca both on Instagram, and uh, that's also my website address. Hi, Sredeen. Thank you so much for chatting with us today. Thanks, Reva. It's been a pleasure. And thank you all for listening. Head over to Instagram at Womanhood After Motherhood to continue the conversation. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast for updates on the latest episodes.